Thanks for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we talk about surviving perfect poly, the boys club, motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Newman. And I'm Tara Thomas. You know, we literally are living in a fishbowl when you think about how we're trapped in our homes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and right now I'm hiding out. I am downstairs in the basement in a back room hiding from four children. I said, mommy just needs a timeout for a second. <laughs> and and you had a child celebrating a birthday, so that must have been an unusual experience to have a quarantine celebration. It was a it was a it was very interesting. It's definitely going to be a memorable twelfth birthday for her. Luckily, she has been very understanding about everything going on, and she has a great group of friends who kind of did the uh, parade driving by. Um, That's you know, so cool. It was wonderful. It made her day. And it's but it's hard for her to see her friends and then she can't talk to them. She can't get, I mean, she can't get close to them or there's no normal. This is the new normal and it's weird. It is. And it's also an interesting shift in the dynamic of our relationships with our children because at once we're thrust together in this every time is quote unquote quality time in the eyes of little children because mommy or daddy are home or they're right. not in this alternative environment or setting where they go for part of the day. So I know we've talked about before how it almost magnifies the mom guilt because now you're within earshot of whatever they're doing and you're not taking part, but that's because we're working. I mean, we're still working. And so for me, I've really leaned a lot on my husband, but I know that's not something we all can do because some people like yourself or you have your spouse working still outside of the home. So I think I have really let go a lot as far as not disciplining them as much as I should be because you can hear them fighting or yelling or whatever's going on. And I'm just kind of like, okay, as long out of sight, out of mind, let me just go as far away as I possibly can in the house to tune it out versus trying to be referee because all that does in a lot of cases is just take away more distraction and time from what I'm trying to get accomplished when I'm still working. They're actually oh, yeah. right now screaming in the background. I can hear them. I can hear them. But it's yeah. but that's this is reality for everyone working at home. This is reality. And I want I want to say this because you know we we've seen memes going around and quotes and there's one that's going around Tara and it's bothering the hell out of me. It's talking about it talks about um, if you don't use this time to find a new skill, develop a side hustle, <laughs> it's discipline. It's basically calling people lazy. Can we stop sharing that? Because it is insane. It is insane. And we are shaming people for suddenly not developing a side hustle or coming out of this 100 pounds lighter. This is difficult. It, it is. Absolutely. Only- I couldn't agree more. And I, I think any and all visions of being an engaged, hands-on homeschooling parent went out the door for me within the first 24 hours of the pushback for not wanting to log into their Chromebooks. I mean, that's after that, it's really do the best you can and also navigate a situation, as we both know, where it's not going to look like what you see on Pinterest, especially for you having young children. For me, I'm not a crafty person anyway. And so when I see and think about what can I do that's fun and different that doesn't involve electronics, I'm out because I really don't have, nor do I want to take the time 
to pursue a lot of that. So hello, Amazon. I mean, we actually just ordered this week some tie-dye stuff and this calligraphy kit. And I mean, fortunately, if you have the resources to do that, you can turn to other people's creativity to help fuel something in your child that you're not going to be able to necessarily instruct on your own. Well, I think social media sometimes can really, it's really hurting people more than helping a lot of times, especially during this, because you're seeing these parents who are fantastic, but they're putting together these like, I mean, you'd think they teach at Yale, <laughs> the things that they're, they're putting <laughs> out in these, these daily schedules. We have a, um, a chalkboard in our kitchen and, you know, the week one I had written down, you know, nine to nine forty five math and all this other stuff. The other day I put today's plan. We're going to wing it. That because is hilarious. Kids, Same here. I feel yeah, you. My kids were feeling so pressured. They were getting everything done. And we have to remember our children are not sitting in their classroom during the day and just sitting there for eight hours a day in one move in, in one spot and not doing anything. So it's, yeah. I mean, but I, I, I just think right now too, we're putting an enormous amount of pressure on ourselves as men. Oh, and women. Totally agree. I Especially now, men. yes. Now we have to talk about the shallow level reality of when you are isolated at home, how much you realize that what we are doing, especially as women, to keep up appearances, if you will, let's talk about all of the things that we are now unable to do that oh. have changed immensely our shallow level appearance. I mean, okay, I had for years tried to do natural nails. I had never done acrylics. Then I tried mm-hmm. to do the stick on and failed miserably. I was horrible at sticking on my own nails you know, meaning like the stickers, not that they don't look good and aren't a great business for women, whatever. I just can't do them. So then I started doing that dip because dip worked for me better than shellac. And I think you were the one who first told me to try the dip. The shellac, my nails were like car paint in terms of how it, it was like car paint in terms of how it damaged my nail bed. So I could no longer do the shellac. So because my nail polish would come off after a real manicure within 24 hours, I was like, why am I paying 25, 35 bucks with a tip to have my nails painted and then have them chip within two days? Why am I doing right. this? So right. the dip that you turned me on to has been great because it truly does not chip or crack, nothing or break. And the nail bed, your nail, your natural nail bed, in my case, is still really strong and healthy underneath. Okay, now, Amanda, it's like I am the lady with the Lee Press on nails clicking <laughs> on, you know, the 1995 typewriter. That's how crazily my nails are growing out. And I, I mean, and, and in the scheme of things, is this a big deal that my nails are growing out? Of course not. But it is funny how you start realizing, and I'm projecting out, Am I not going to be able to get these done or removed until, I don't know, late June or July so that by the time I emerge out into the light, I will have no, no lashes. My eyebrows will look like overgrown caterpillars. My roots will be like circa Madonna, you know. 1995. And then my nails are going to be like vying for that Guinness World Book of Records where they start curling. <laughs> the curl over. I know exactly. What well, you know, it's funny because um, I, I was thinking about how vain I was because I looked at I, I, 
I said the other day that, you know, I'm coming into this uh, quarantine self-isolation. You know, I came in with these long locks. I'm coming out with like a Dutch boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can my, picture it. I can picture it. The kid on the I'm going to have like that bowl cut again because that's my hair extensions. Literally, they're hanging by the head. <laughs> The only thing I'm thankful for is the fact that I started doing the like smudge route. Oh, so cool, I didn't cool. so, so like bleach blonde, you know, I was like, let's just do the start doing the smudge route really just to save me some money because it was, it right, was right. Expensive to, you know, try to be a platinum blonde all the time. But now I'm like, this is what's funny. I see like gray all over my hair coming in with the dark because the blonde would cover up the gray. So I'm like, I'm coming in like looking like an 80 year old with a Dutch boy haircut. <laughs> like I'm just like, what is this? But it's so funny, but it's, I, I, I pray for all, all the people who are in, you know, those industries because they're hurting because they rely on yes, right, I mean, right. money right now. But I, you know, I'm hoping that they will be slammed with good business There is going to be a rush on every nail salon from here to Texas and for that matter, hair salon, because that is one piece of advice my mom gave me years ago that I always thought was funny and and very, very applicable to me personally as somebody who's horrible at doing hair. She always said, like, don't dye your own hair. Don't do it yourself. And because I am not, like I said, a crafty person, that extends to me being good with, like, hair. I mean, I can pseudo do a good makeup job thanks to what we had to go through Mm -hmm. as far as TV talent coaching. But I'm just not good with hair. So me doing my own at-home dye job would be horrendous. And it is funny that now, as my hair is growing out, I do have the benefit of taking after my father, who grayed later in life contrasted with my five-year younger sister, who like my mom is graying very early and she's embracing it and is actually wanting to kind of go gray anyway. So she's been looking on Pinterest at some of those really cute ombre style, fun haircuts that people have now that are like that, those silver gray hues. So she said, this is a perfect time for her to go gray because she's not going to be able to go to the salon and get it highlighted or colored anyway. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I'm, I may be, you know, 25 years ahead of my time. It's, <laughs> I just, it's funny. Cause I look at my husband and I'm like, well, you know, Hey, you've seen me, you know, all, all natural Amanda. So here it is. But I like, I just still can't believe the amount of pressure people are putting on themselves I to agree. make sure that they they're eating well and um, I, I got to lose weight. I got to, you know what? Sit down on the couch and eat a zebra cake. Cause I guarantee it's going to exactly. make you feel better. You know what I mean? It's going to make you feel better because I'm at a breaking, I'm literally at a breaking point because when you, and you're the same, I, I know you're the same because you are head of communication for a major school district, a very large school district. So you've got the way of the world on your shoulders. I'm trying to run a nonprofit that helps keep children safe. We're both moms and all this stuff. I, but my family is in, Pennsylvania and New York and Maryland, where they're going, they are in the throes of it, right? Right. So, you know, I wake up this morning to read an article about how in the middle of the night, they're taking bodies out of the hospital in Brooklyn. I saw that. Isn't that just heartbreaking? It just makes you sick. And then to think that because it hasn't hit us literally that hard, we then will have uh, unfortunately, as we've seen a, a more lax approach. And so only when you know someone who dies or you have some personal connection, 
perhaps that is what it will take to get some people to adhere to staying at home. And I mean, truly at home guidelines. So it's very frustrating when we were driving around and seeing groups of children playing, seeing neighbors congregating, not in my neighborhood. It was actually in some other towns where we were trying to, as we do now, go on Sunday drives because we don't have anything else to do. And when we were out driving and seeing some of these neighborhoods where people were still having, you know, circles to share a beer on the drive, I just thought, what are you doing? Right. I I, I was blown away by that. But that's also because what you just said, see, we have families in other states. So I've got a sister-in-law who is right by the epicenter in Seattle. I have two stepdaughters who are both going through now their community in Eastern Washington in the central part of the state being hit as hard as Seattle was. And then you've got my family isolated in Illinois where my sister and her kids they just had the kids ride bikes by my parents' house in the cul-de-sac and my parents had to stand on the drive waving from afar. And it's hard because that was the first time they've ever seen their grandchildren in person where they were not able to be near them or touch them. And that's sad. That is so sad. And and that's the thing. I, I have been arguing back and forth with people here locally who, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this. Anybody who says compares COVID-19 to the flu deserves a punch in the throat. Yeah, that's yeah. that's idiocy. We but now just, know that yeah. there's but no comparison whatsoever, especially from the contagion standpoint. That's well, the yeah. biggest difference because you and I were together and have always been around people that are sick, right? We're always around yeah. sick people. The difference is now you could be a carrier exposing un, you know, someone else when you're showing no symptoms. That's A. And then B is you would be getting a immune reaction much differently from somebody who's immune compromised. And so that's right. the part that's so scary. So my parents and I, we said no Easter, no in-person right. celebrations, because what if my children are carriers and then they give it to their 75-year-old grandparents and right. that ends up killing them? Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. And people, there were, there's, you know, some people here who were arguing with me about the severity of it and then saying, well, you can't compare New York City to here because people live on top of each other. And then someone had said, you know, I bet this is going to teach people in this, in New York City, they may want to live in the suburbs. I'm like, you are so out of touch. And <laughs> we, you know what I mean, like, you're so out of touch. We thought it was a big deal when 285 people in Italy died in one day. We are at 1,000 people being killed. A day. It's, it's so, so sad. So, and the people living in those parts of the country are blown away when we tell them what we are witnessing and what's happening here. They can't believe it. So I think it was hard for me just in the last few days, knowing that as we drove around, like I said, and saw people gathering, I then had to start accepting what we've talked about because people are so slow to react and there's no, you know, you're not going to be arrested for doing this. There are, it, it is prolonging our lives in Iowa, returning to a semblance of normal because it's going to delay the peak and ultimate flattening of the curve in our neighborhood. So by the time we, you know, go, it goes through our population, we will be so far behind as we already are, thankfully, some of the other states. But unfortunately, in this case, that's only going to prolong things getting back to normal. So we may see these communities that right now are in the throes of it, truly adhering to the guidelines, flattening the curve, and thereby 
having some kind of resolution much sooner than what we're going to be probably dealing with here. So I have, I've given up on thinking summer might be normal. I've given up. I know. I, I, and I just don't understand, you know, and I've gone on these rants on my Facebook page, on my professional page, because it's like, you know, we're waiting. We're one of the only States in the country in Iowa who the governor has not said, stay at home. This is the thing. Why can't people just stay at home? Why are we waiting? You know, nobody wants government to completely take control over you. Why are we waiting? What do you need at a home improvement store that you need to spend an hour and a half in? Like walking around. You don't Yes, I was surprised at the number of people in the Menards parking lot when we Menards parking lot. That's the exact one I'm talking about. Like it's (laughs) insane. You know, I look like I look like a weirdo. When I go, I do online grocery shopping, which it's fantastic. God bless the grocery store workers. I do online. I don't even roll down my window. I'm like, you can sign it for me. They put everything in the back. I mean, I'm I'm Lysoling all the bags. It's I want to tip these people bringing the food up to the cars because they're heroes to me. But it's yes. they've made so many options where you can stay safe and you don't have to go go in anywhere. So why are people acting like this is like an extended vacation? I just don't get it. And people don't don't realize, I just talked to my parents about this yesterday. They are in Peoria, Illinois, my hometown. So yes, it's a bigger city than Waterloo or where we are, but it's very comparable in terms of the local businesses and restaurants. So they have Hy-Vee, they have grocery store chains just like us. They are so backlogged on their delivery orders that it's like a five day out window. Whereas here, you can still get on the Walmart app, you can go to the Hy-Vee Isles app, and you can get groceries delivered within less than 24 hours. So feel fortunate that you can get that food within that short window in a more safe manner. You don't have to go every day to, to Hy-Vee or Walmart in person because you can get it delivered. And then people say, Oh, I don't want to pay the delivery fee. Well, Walmart has offered a three-time delivery waiving of the fee if you type all caps delivery into your discount code at checkout. So I had three orders of groceries delivered for free. And then when you tip, you're only tipping what would be the equivalent of the gas money and the tax. So, I mean, you're actually saving money by ordering and having the groceries delivered. And then if you don't want to have that contact... You can tell the person through the door just to put the groceries on the step or on your front stoop, and they will even sign for you on their automated or their electronic sign board if you don't want to sign it. So, I mean, you truly can adhere to the social distancing without having contact and still get groceries, but yet I just drove by Walmart and we were by what, yeah, some of these other stores like Menards, and the parking lot was packed. I mean, I was blown away. Get, get your deals. Well, this this episode makes me laugh because, I mean, we were all over it because that sums up, I think, life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, is, there is no... Um, I, I think know. we're I, more... I think we're realists because we lived in a, in a world of television news for so long where we saw the reality of the good but a lot of bad that was happening every day. So we get it. And I think that's not to shame anybody, but you need to really realize that it can happen to you. It will happen to us. And so for us to think, oh, that's New York, that's Seattle, you know, that's not Iowa. It is all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, I hope everybody uh, stay safe this week. Stay inside and be the mean mom. Um, tell your kids no. Let's. Uh, I want to go, go outside this summer. I want my kids to, you know, have fun. But right now, the best thing, stay inside, stay home. No reason to be out. 